look, there is something really crazy going on. This new species is artificial intelligence, and some believe we are on the cusp of a revolution that will change society forever. I think the danger of AI is much greater than the, the, the danger of nuclear warheads, by a lot. I try to convince people to slow down, slow down AI, to regulate AI. This was futile. I tried for years. The All In Podcast is really brilliant. Never before in history have we had the ability to hear from three multi-millionaires, some billionaires, on a regular basis. It's fairly phenomenal. And that is why I want to share with you some interesting insights as to what they spoke about in the latter half of the podcast in the recent episode in which they mentioned the use of AI and healthcare. Many of you know I'm invested in a very interesting company, to say the least, for a long time called Palantir. And there's been some interesting revelations and overlaps between what the podcast was saying in relation to Palantir and their business model and what I believe is a leading indication as to what we're going to see elsewhere within the commercial sector in the future. So just listen to a brief clip for a minute or so by David Freeberg, in which he highlights some really fascinating points, and then I want to dissect his understanding and relate this to companies such as Palantir, which I believe are fundamentally five years ahead when it comes to the technological moats. A couple of weeks ago, we were going to talk about this last week. It was announced that BioNTech was buying InstaDeep. InstaDeep is a broad, horizontal AI or machine learning tools company, uh, services business. They partner with big businesses to help them build out ML-driven infrastructure to improve their products and their operations and their businesses. One of their customers was BioNTech, the company that designed and owned the IP for the original Pfizer COVID vaccine one of the origin or originators of mRNA-based technology. BioNTech doesn't just focus on mRNA technology. They also focus on cell and gene therapies, the, the novel new kind of modalities that are emerging in, in therapeutics. And, you know, it was a really interesting acquisition. It was a 250, I think, person team that they bought the company for about $600 million specifically to improve how AI can be used to accelerate drug discovery. I'll just make a comment on this and then Sax, I'd love to kind of hear your point of view on these types of businesses broadly. The capabilities of machine learning when applied to a particular vertical are quite profound. I, you know, I've certainly been involved in this space in agriculture and increasingly doing more of this work in pharmaceuticals and, and, and biotech. And, you know, when, when you can have large, unique data sets that you can then model using these tools and these capabilities and be predictive about what the next product iteration should be, it can really change the value and the trajectory of your business. One of the big trends in pharma right now is to move from in vitro testing, meaning you're running biochemical experiments in labs, in assays, iterating, testing, experimenting to see what molecules work or what protein does what and if it binds to the target, and doing more of this in silica, as it's being called, which is in software. And rather than just doing testing in software, you can actually use tools like AlphaFold that can be predictive of large molecules and how they can drive outcomes to make decisions about what to put in your pipeline. So if you take 99% of the junk out of the top of your pipeline and you only focus on the 1% that the software predicts will be more successful, you much more quickly get drug discovery through the pipeline and you have a much higher hit rate. 
So the ROI is extraordinary, particularly when you're talking about multi-billion dollar revenue streams coming out the other end of that pipeline. Before I forget, subscribe to the Deep Dive newsletter. Link in the description. First link, you get one email per month on really deep, contrarian and interesting research for one equity or industry. It's super interesting. The last one was on Palantir, got huge support and was a very contrarian piece. So check that out for more. So really interestingly, one thing that I want to dissect is the commentary by Freeberg in which he mentions the importance of large, unique data sets that you can model. In other words, having proprietary data now is of the most importance. And it turns out a company that I'm invested in, namely Palantir, I have been an investor for a long time now. It turns out this company is sitting on proprietary data at the core. Fundamentally, they sit on USG data, in which is incredibly hard to access, yet, yet it's huge utility. And the phrase that is commonly used by myself and many others in the community is the fact that Palantir has battle-tested their software within the government sector on this proprietary USG data for 20 plus years, giving them almost an unimaginable competitive mode. This, in my opinion, brings a non-trivial competitive advantage for the company. And I believe also in consideration of this USG proprietary data which they sit on and have done for 20 years, this leads to a outstanding competitive mode in which the CEO has reiterated many times Palantir is five years ahead. There are some outstanding debates in regards to execution and the go-to-market strategy, but fundamentally I'm betting on technology and the agility of management in which is going to address some of their issues. And for me, this just shows that a new era of software is here. And this is really, really important to understand. A major shift has happened. Code has become more or less the same. It's a commodity. Whereas the thing that enables true differentiation is the data and the data sets that enable these algorithms. For companies, their strategic asset is something that enables differentiation against competitors. As more and more software shifts towards AI, the vector differentiation shifts to data from code and the access of data in which one has availability to. The strategic differentiator is existing data in conjunction with the engine that one is using to produce new and insightful data that therefore powers core algorithms. In the future, there will be algorithms built around a range of novel activities, including customer recommendations, economic transactions, and more. This last bit in relation to these specific use cases in which we'll have algorithms, this is kind of the terminology called model as a service. In other words, the ability for organizations to use artificial intelligence, use this new generation of software AI in conjunction and use it to address a specific use case. Organizations will not have the ability, small startups, any organization really in a few years time is not going to have the ability to easily build a model such as ChatGPT that OpenAI have built. The same is true for other novel inventions and generative AI models. The truth is what is going to happen is some sort of commoditization is some sort of model as a service in which per use case to solve a set issue within an organization, these models will be used as a commodity. They will be rented out, if you could say, or purchased in some manner in order to address certain issues within an organization. This is the new kind of terminology that is very useful, yet has been phrased as model as a service. Specifically, Chamath and David Sachs spoke about this in the past few episodes. Another point that I want to mention by Freeberg within his speech on the All In podcast is the fact that he noted how it's important to be predictive and artificial intelligence can enable one to be predictive. And this fundamentally changes the value of business. This is the inflection point I believe is coming. For organizations, there is now a necessity to utilize artificial intelligence in order to remain competitive and to participate within this new golden era. The truth is software in the West is broken and companies need to utilize this next generation AI software in order to remain leaders. And this also ties into the future of digital twins. 
I've stated many times, core to my investment thesis for Palantir for some time, is the fact that I believe within 10 years' time, all organizations must be built with, on conjunction, intertwined with some sort of digital twin, in which is a representation of their business model. It's an ontological layer. It's something that is breathing. It's something that is alive. It's a simulation, a preventative measure to ensure that certain outcomes can occur and certain outcomes don't occur to mitigate against certain outcomes if X occurs within set business. For example, then in the supply chain situation, if you have a digital twin, an ontological model, some sort of digital representation in which data is represented as people, places, and things, then anyone within the organization, despite their technicality, can provide value, can simulate scenarios, and thus mitigate against risk. That is really, really important. Every single organization in 10 years' time, I believe, will be built with, on top, in conjunction with, some sort of digital twin, in which can enable this utility. And I've mentioned this many times too, in the US, I believe, in relation to David's comments, what we've seen is the fact that Ukraine has been transformed into a juggernaut via the use of artificial intelligence software. The combination of heroism, physical warfare, in conjunction with alpha-generating software has been fundamental for turning Ukraine, a small nation, into a juggernaut and basically beating, this far, the third largest nuclear power globally. The same, I believe, is going to be true for commercial organizations, in which it's going to be an inflection point sometime. It'll probably take much longer than we expect. But as we've seen within the Ukrainian context, now organizations, nations know, specifically nations know, that they need to invest heavily within software. Otherwise, they are not going to have advantage of this exponential nature in which is apparent with software. The same is true with commercial companies. I believe this inflection point will occur very, very soon, in which organizations, commercial companies realize that they need alpha-generating software. They need true software that works and that provides alpha in order to ensure that they remain competitive, in order to ensure that they can save $200 million, as within the case of Tyson Foods. This is the future of organizations. They're going to be built on digital twins with artificial intelligence software intertwined and ingrained as the cardiovascular system offset organizations. Freeberg also noted something very interesting in regards to his terminology. He called it in silica, I believe, or doing healthcare via software. And there's two things that stood out to me from his commentary. Firstly, he mentioned how the return on investment is outstanding within healthcare as you intertwine artificial intelligence and software in conjunction. And this leads to a higher hit rate. The truth of the matter is, in all industries, specifically in healthcare, the use of AI software has tremendous return on investment for companies. It is a no-brainer. For example, the Palantir and Tyson Foods commentary in which Tyson Foods saved $200 million within two years via the introduction of Palantir's software solution. Similarly analogous is the NHS, in which the NHS integrated Palantir within their organizations, and this led to a drastic productivity improvement. I believe it's upwards of 40 plus percent within productivity improvements across the organization just during their pilot. So God knows how enhanced productivity could be in a few years' time once software is built on top once applications are derived from any user, regardless of technicality within the organization, it leads to unimaginable productivity improvements with the conjunction of artificial intelligence and software. Now, this is where I want to speak about healthcare specifically and tie it into the comments on the All In podcast. A CEO of Sankar noted on Twitter very recently that between 2020 and the first half of 2022, our healthcare business is growing 267%. Our impact scales beyond COVID-19 response. And Palantir Technologies, he said, is the most comprehensive health tech startup you've ever heard of. Sankar said at the NIH, our software accelerates critical research and the COVID cohort used Foundry to analyze an unprecedented collection 
of data available for COVID-19 researchers to better understand long COVID, this analysis once took months and now can be done in solely hours. According to the Strategic Client Director for Life Science Palantir on Twitter, she mentioned within a quote, we're just scratching the surface, very excited to be working with customers to unlock all of this potential. And she refers to an article called The Next Generation of Evidence-Based Medicine. So just to touch upon that before we get any further, let's give some context in regards to Palantir's healthcare business and why I think it's very wise for investors to look into artificial intelligence software companies, specifically when it comes to healthcare, which I believe is a leading variable based on the disruption that has been seen over the past few years. I believe at my core, when there's disruption, this is when innovative technologies take over and they're introduced to solve issues. Innovation often thrives within times of disruption. The healthcare industry has experienced huge levels of disruption over the past few years with Corona, etc., etc. Therefore, the best technologies were integrated in order to solve issues. This is a leading variable that we can use in order to analyze and simulate and predict what is going to occur elsewhere within the commercial space in a few years' time. To give some context and scope in the Palantir growth business for the healthcare, Palantir healthcare business achieved 276% growth between 2020 and the first half of 22 as explained on the recent earnings call. And interestingly, the segment raised and generated $153 million in revenue throughout the first half of 2022, which is growth, as I stated, of 267%. This means, interestingly, that the healthcare sector accounted for 37% of the commercial revenue in the first half of 2022, as you can see from the graph here. The main point that I want to note is artificial intelligence in healthcare. I believe is a leading variable, a leading indication, a leading data point as, as to what we're going to see elsewhere within other commercial industries in the future when it comes to artificial intelligence and software. According to a Nature Science research paper, they mentioned within a quote that the landscape of AI in medicine has transformed recently and artificial intelligence is poised to become ubiquitous. Several RCTs researchers have quantified the benefits of AI in specialities that use passion recognition and interpretation of Im images. They mentioned also that artificial intelligence within the Nature Science Research paper should be used to augment human intelligence, not seen as something to replace it. The next generation clinical trials using artificial intelligence should consider AI plus human rather than AI versus human scenarios. So this speaks towards the business model of Palantir. When you talk about the proprietary data in which Palantir is sitting in conjunction with the future of models as a service, in which there's going to be a commoditization of these generative artificial intelligence models. And when you acknowledge the facets and the arguments made by Mr. Freeberg, in which he highlighted the importance of healthcare and the disruption that is going to be made by artificial intelligence, this, I believe, gives us some context and some reason to be confident in terms of the growth elsewhere within the commercial sector of Palantir. 267% growth is definitely not trivial. And specifically because the healthcare sector has experienced mass disruption over the past few years, this is a reason as to why Palantir's supernatural capabilities were adopted and were integrated within the healthcare sector, because innovation thrives within times of disruption. I think as Palantir investors, we should be very confident and optimistic for the future of the software solution as they ride this huge wave of generative artificial intelligence. The golden era is here, and I think Palantir is poised to surf the wave.